So here we go, our final instalment of our authentic series. And this week is Progress in Action. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. And with all these things, whenever we go through, I guess, any sermon series, it's nice to see what the Lord has been doing and where he's challenged us. And you want to, I hope, internally go, right, Lord, what are the results of what we've heard? How have, I, how have I progressed? How have we progressed as a church? And to be honest, as we've gone through all the things that we've seen over the past few weeks, this really, this passage gives us a glimpse of what the results should look like. What do our results say individually, as a church, collectively? What are our results showing? But here we get to see a glimpse of what the results should look like. And I find that quite helpful, don't you? So we've been on a journey of authenticity, discovering, I, I won't split that into, I felt like I was at primary school then, authenticity. See what I did there, Laura? I thank you. <laughs> and you're back in the room. Hi, Lot. nice to see you. <laughs> Remember then, to be authentic is to be known as real, to be true and accurate as per the original. Now that's a real challenge for us because we're looking at our lives and our walk with the Lord. So listen then, for you, for me, for us as a church, collectively, to be authentic is to be known as real. We are who we say we are. To be true and accurate as per the original. Not only do we say who we are, but we behave in a way that shows who we are. As per the original. Who's the original? The Lord Jesus Christ. He set the example in order for us to follow. We have the Holy Spirit as we've asked the Lord into our lives, as we've received salvation. We've received the Holy Spirit as a deposit, a guarantee of our inheritance that one day I will be with my Saviour in glory. Amen? Not because of anything that I could do or that you could do, but because of grace. Amen? Being given what we do not deserve. The work of Jesus, the cross, is enough, even for you. The mistakes that you have made, the mistakes that I have made, they separate us, the sin separates us from God. But the cross, the work of the Lord Jesus, is enough. For the very worst of humanity, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. His one and only son. That whoever, put yourself in the whoever, whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. John 3.16 if you want to have a look. So we've had a clear vision of our goals in Matthew chapter 28 where we started out. Which we'll reference again today. To go out into all the world and to preach the gospel. And we've seen how we can reach out and share the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, as we share with others around about us. That was week two, by the way, in case you lost track for a second. We discovered how we are to be disciple-making disciples. That I take on the word, I learn the word, I grow in the word, I grow in my faith. And therefore I'm able 
to disciple those around about me, to lead those around about me. But we ask the question, Lord, we need your help in order to be empowered to lead, which is where we were last week, empowered or the week before, empowered to lead in every area of our lives. Even though we might say to ourselves, well, I don't really lead anything, but we can lead a conversation in the right direction. Amen. We can lead our families in the right direction, our friends in the right direction. We can lead even though sometimes we don't realise we are leading. Being authentic then, living authentic for God takes, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, effort. It takes effort. It's not something that comes naturally to us because we are sinful, fallen human beings. And naturally, my preset, because that's the choice that my first father made, that the preset reaction of me is I want to go in the opposite direction to God. So I have to train myself. I have to teach myself. I have to look into the word. I have to push myself in areas that sometimes feel really uncomfortable and say, God, lead me in this. Help me in this. We want to be empowered to lead. We want the Lord to help us and to guide us because it takes effort to live as the word has called us to live, to live out the word, to know the word so that we can live it out and to make sure that in all situations that we are bringing glory to God. I felt like I I set you up then. You didn't quite follow through, but it's all right. I'll have another one just later down the line. So that means you've got to stay awake. And at some point you will have a chance to give an answer. Okay. Amen. Amen. So we're allowing then, God willing, as Christians, the Holy Spirit to work through us on a daily basis. And we know the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And um, here's your opportunity. Self-control. Well done. You see, we have, as we receive the Holy Spirit, the opportunity to live as God has called us to live, as Christ has called us to live. And the fruit of the Spirit is such that because I am a Christian, because we are Christians, then that what is the fruit that is hanging from my branches is God willing, all of the fruit of the Spirit. You can't just pick and choose. You've all got to have forbearance. You've all got to have patience. Okay? (laughs) So we'll finish our series then this morning looking at the results. Progress in action. Living authentic for God. And our reference point is, as I've already said, Acts chapter 2. Let me go ahead and read it and we'll see what the Lord's got to say to us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Amen. They were together. They had everything in common. Not necessarily the football team. If that's for me, I'll get it in a minute. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And listen to this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily those who who were being saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask as we look into your word now that you would speak to us through it. Father, you'd speak through me. We thank you again for this opportunity as your church to come together. 
and to just listen to what your word's got to say. Father, we pray that you'll give us a teachable heart, that we'd be receptive to what you've got to say. And Father, that we might not leave this place the same, but Father, we'd leave this place with the, the joy in our hearts. Father, with it at the forefront of our minds, that everything we do is to bring glory to you, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, we pray these things. Amen. So everything we've seen so far is played out then in this summary here of what the early church looked like. Or should I say what the church should look like. Everything that we've seen so far plays out here. You remember um, as we're looking at Acts chapter 2 that the the apostles uh, waited in Jerusalem for um, for the Holy Spirit to come at Pentecost. They waited because that was what they were told to do. And then, of course, after that, Peter preaches. And you see in verse 41, so just go back a wee bit, just a verse, says that those who accepted his message were baptised. And about 3,000 were added to that number, uh, to their number that day. That's incredible, isn't it? That Peter preached with the fire in his heart, with the, with the uh, Holy Spirit upon him, and he preached and 3,000 were added to the number that day. And it shows us then that as we see what God can do, that if we make ourselves available, that God can do the impossible. Amen? And the numbers, as we see in verse 41, are significant But if you go to the end of what we've just read, the last verse before chapter 3, it says they were praising God, enjoying the favour of all the people. And you see the blessing that they received at the beginning is still the blessing that they're receiving now. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they grew in the first instance, but it didn't stop there. They continued in their growth. The Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. But listen, verse 42 shows me just by one word the desire that these believers had. It says that they they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You know, what a challenge that is for us to be devoted to everything that the Lord has got for us. We call our breaking of bread, our communion service, devoted for that reason. That we want to be devoted to what God has laid out for us. We don't get asked to do much. But as Christians, we get asked to remember the Lord until he comes back. Until he returns. Or, of course, we go to meet him. But either way, we're asked to remember him. He said, remember me. Whenever you eat this bread or take this cup, you remember me until I come back. And that is a challenge for us, to be devoted to that, to be devoted to the teaching of the word, to be devoted to fellowship with each other. And we had an amazing time last weekend, and we have an amazing time so regularly as a church. It's a blessing to be together, because we do have everything in common. And you might say, Matt, we don't support the same football team. And I'd say, I absolutely agree with you. I know all the other five Derby County fans. That was a tough one. It was off script as well. But we have Jesus in common. Amen? And he is our everything. We have Jesus in common. And he is our everything. He is the reason that we wake up in the morning. He is the reason that we have life. He is the reason that we have the opportunity to share and to love and to show people. He is the reason that we are here. The very reason we have church is because of Jesus. He is our everything and we have everything 
in common. So they were absolutely devoted. And authenticity from the very beginning of this summary is on display. But it begins too with the leaders being authentic in the very first instance. The leaders have influence. Every leader has influence, regardless of what you might think. She may have only lasted 44 days, but she had a lot of influence in a very short space of time. You see, every leader has influence. And these guys here, the apostles, had spent time with Jesus. And it was important for them to share with those that were coming and listening about what they learnt. They had to be authentic. Why did they have to be authentic? More so than even we do in that sense today. And we have to be absolutely authentic. But you see, they didn't have the New Testament. See, I can go and I can read it and I can say, that guy was spouting nonsense. It wasn't in the Word. Whereas these didn't have that. They had to take what the apostles were saying. They had to listen. And the apostles had to be completely and utterly as per the original. Else otherwise the gospel got watered down. Praise God it didn't. Praise God 2 Timothy 3.16 came about. We said all scripture is God breathed. Amen. It's useful for a myriad of things. Teaching and rebuking. Thank the Lord that we have the very breathed word of God. Thank him that we had those servants that were willing to sit and to listen and to pen all that God was speaking through them. And we have the New Testament. The challenge for these here is they had to listen and they had to know that what they were being told and were being taught is completely and utterly authentic. You know, have you noticed now we live in a culture where you can't spout a fake fact because we have Google. So when somebody asks you a question and you flippantly give an answer because you think you know, 10 minutes later they're on Google and going, <laughs> it couldn't have been more out. <laughs> you see, the reality is that we have the opportunity to look. We can't spout nonsense. And the Word of God is the very breathed Word of God and is useful for teaching and rebuking and, and correcting and training the believer in righteousness. So therefore, don't just be swayed by what the person says at the front, but see what the word says, amen? And that's a challenge. Hey, that's a challenge. We have to look and we have to know. But their desire to learn and to grow, their desire to be devoted, the desire that they showed. Listen, it says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Everyone was filled with awe and wonders at the signs performed by the apostles. It says the believers had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. You see, they're listening to what Jesus was saying and he was speaking through the disciples. And we have the exact same opportunity today that we listen to what the word of God says because this is God's word. So we listen, we take it on board, we process it and God willing, we live it out. That is the challenge for us as Christians, to be authentic. And it's on display here, right in the very beginning. And it's so important for us to be 100% accurate. 
Now, let's just see how they go about their teaching, because the apostles, of course, themselves, they couldn't reference the scriptures as in the New Testament that we're looking at. Those that were now the New Testament church couldn't check and make sure because the New Testament didn't yet exist. But listen, it says that they were teaching. And if you have a Bible that allows you to see cross-referencing, it cross-references Matthew chapter 28, the word teaching. As Jesus says to them, go out into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them what I've told you, teaching them my commands. It's the same cross-reference point here. Jesus has said, this is what I want you to do. And the disciples, the apostles, go out and do exactly what Jesus has asked of them to do. Therefore, then, the church is blessed. Amen? The church is blessed, not because the apostles were doing anything other than living by what the Word of God said. The, The Holy Spirit was working through them. And the only way that the Holy Spirit can work through us is if we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. I can stop the Holy Spirit's work by just living as I please. Don't be fooled. These had to be on it like we have to be on it. The Holy Spirit was able to work through them because they were allowing the Holy Spirit to work through them. They were allowing God to use them. They were allowing God to speak through them. And the apostles, as they used many sign miracles in order for those around about to believe and to see the authenticity of what they were saying. It was important at that time that people saw and they understood that these men were of God. Their reference point was Jesus in the Great Commission in Matthew 20. Uh, 8 and verse 20 and they were as per the original and it's so important that when we look at that as a reference point too and again I talk in the inverted commas of the church that listen as they were preaching as they were sharing the good news about Jesus as they were telling people how to live in line with what Jesus had laid out for them that there was no selfish personal gain for these apostles. Did you notice that? There is no selfish personal gain for them. There's no new additions to what Jesus said. What Jesus said is what matters and therefore they stood on that. So there's no new additions but it is just as Jesus said and this is why I say we have to know what the church looks like. Let's make sure that the church is authentic, that it's standing on the word of God. Don't just take the church as a whole and think that that's the church. We have to know what the word of God says, otherwise we get swayed by man's teaching, man's desires, man's personal gain. Person's personal gain. I'm careful. We have to know what the word of God says, so we know what the church looks like. It has to be authentic. It has to be as per the original. Amen? Now, let's just move on down a little bit. That shows us then that the, uh, that the Holy Spirit empowers the church, builds the church in order to grow daily, to love and to serve and to share, as we've already looked at a few weeks ago, that they love each other, that they serve each other, that they share with each other. And listen, as we go on through Acts, the reality is they didn't always find that easy. 
And they had to work out a system in order that everybody got the equal amount of share. Because it's easy to like those that look and sound like you. Far more than it's easier to like somebody who looks and sounds different to you. That's just, again, the way that we are. Now we have to make sure that we're cutting through that. We have to make sure that the Holy Spirit's working through us. And the apostles had to work out a strategy in order to make sure they avoided those pitfalls. And we as a church today, we have to do exactly the same thing. That we love each other. We care for each other. That we share and we serve each other. They're doing life together. Amen? They're doing life together. And this is the church. We are better together. We collectively are more effective than an individual. That's fair to say, isn't it? We are collectively far better, far more effective than we are on our own. When we're together, the impact of what we can do is greater because we have a bigger pool of resource to go from. We all have the same agenda to love and to share. We all have the same motives and desires to bring glory to God. And then as the church... We're able to be effective in ways that we never even, even thought possible. And when you read this, it lifts you because it shows you that what happens when God is central, when authenticity is displayed. And importantly, they then, the church, want to hear the word. They want to know the word and they want to learn from it. And we see that in verse 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They are desperate to continue in all that they've learned. They're desperate to continue to hear and to share. And they didn't have the word, so they had to go back to the apostles to find out what came next. We have the opportunity to read the word, to soak it up. It's on our phones on the most part. It's on a book. It's in a book, sorry, at the side of the bed maybe, at the bookshelf. You may have several at home. Listen, we have continual, by God's grace, access to the word freely. So let's use that opportunity in order to learn and to grow. But listen, as they're authentic through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the apostles' teaching and through the Lord blessing them, that they're able to do, that God is able to work through them. And I think that's such an important thing for us to note as the church. You know, so often we get together as a leadership and I say, look, can, can God bless us? And we have to go through what we're doing to make sure that we're not doing something that's not in line with the word. Because we want God to bless us, Amen. As a church, that is what we want. As families, as individuals, God, can you bless us? So go and have a look. Make sure that God can bless you. And if there's any way in there that needs to be rid of, then say, Lord, let's have a way with it. Let's have it done with. Let's move on because, Lord, we want you to bless us. So help us, Lord, to make sure we are in a position as a church, as families, as individuals, so that you can bless us. And listen, they grew numerically, yes, but they grew spiritually. And listen to how that works. Because sometimes we think, well, if we have comfy seats and we have nice cakes and the heating's on and it's a nice environment, we'll get people into church. And that's great. We count people because people can. I won't get you to say amen because I felt like it was going to come naturally. <laughs> we count people because people can. It matters. But we don't have a hidden agenda. It is the agenda. We want to reach people for Christ. We want to add to the kingdom. 
We want God to bless us, not just numerically with the churches full of people, but people that are on the way to glory. Amen? Amen. That is what we want. We want people to know and to find the Lord, to put their faith and their trust in him, that they would receive life and life eternal. That is the goal. Now, listen to how it's phrased, because you can miss it. Verse 47 says they were praising God, enjoying the favour of all the people. Listen, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How much effort did the apostles make? And listen to what I'm saying. How much effort did the apostles make to the number being added daily? Well, it's God's job, isn't it? Listen, I'll read it again. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is God's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job to draw people unto a point where they accept Christ as Saviour. Now, you say, well, if it's God's job, what am I doing here? It's our job to serve and to share. Because unless people hear the truth, Unless people know what the gospel is, the good news of Jesus Christ, how will they ever find out? We have to tell them. It is our job to love people, to share the good news of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, God will do the rest. And you say, Matt, well, you sound really confident. I am confident. Do you know why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So I am absolutely confident that God will do his bit. What does he want from us? He wants authentic believers to be known as real, to be true and accurate as per the original. And I am certain that God will do the rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to again thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you that we've been able to look at this series to be authentic for you. And Father, it's a real challenge to us every week as we've gone through the last five weeks. That Father, it's a challenge to us to live our lives for you. To not just know the word, but to to do the word, to live the word, to serve you, to live it out on a day-to-day basis. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to shape us and encourage us in that. Father, you mould us into what you want us to be. Father, again, we just thank you for this opportunity. And as we just share in a time of fellowship together now, that you would just be with us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name.